Welcome to the Balanced Self Podcast. This podcast is a part of MSB Coach. With this podcast, we intend to connect with a variety of leaders and individuals as we explore creating a balanced life and identifying one's unique center both personally and professionally. Thank you for joining us today as we learn and grow. Mentorship, whether it be one-on-one or programs that are specific to organizational needs, can enhance diversity and leadership by creating career paths for diverse demographics and aiding to retain employees. In this episode, Arthur, CEO and president of MSB Coach, Michelle Braden, will be discussing how mentorship can improve diversity in organizations and share some strategies that organizations can use to create coaching and mentoring culture within organizations. Awesome. Hey, Barbara, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing so good. Thank you for really teeing us up and describing what mentorship is. I know you and I were chatting before we jumped on this podcast, you know, about mentorship and, and the differences even between mentorship and coaching. So at MSB Coach, we help organizations design mentorship programs. Um, and of course, we provide leadership and executive and high potential coaching. And when we think of mentorship, typically a mentor is a person who is more seasoned, they're more experienced um, than the mentee, and they are like a sponsor. Um, but we also, and I know you and I are going to talk a little bit more about this, in really healthy mentorship relationships, both parties are learning from each other, kind of what we call a reverse mentorship So in mentoring, there is more push conversations where the mentor is pushing their knowledge and experience out there, as well as pool conversations where they're learning and asking questions of the mentee. Whereas in coaching, it's mostly pool conversations where the coach is asking really meaningful questions to get the coachee to think of solutions and come up with their own solutions. And I think it's helpful for mentors to really across both of those areas to be able to mentor, push their knowledge and experience out there, but also to really ask those open-ended thought-provoking questions so the mentee has a place to to learn and grow. So thinking about, and I'm curious before we we dive into what are the benefits to an organization of mentorship, So Barb, have you ever, I know you've worked various places and you and I both are seasoned (laughs) in our careers and life. Um, Have you ever had a mentor that you felt was really helpful to you? Actually, as a teenager, as a, actually as a preteen, I had a mentor that was instrumental in so many ways. As you know, I'm a musician when I'm not, you know, doing my full-time work. So as a young person, I really needed that mentor. And I didn't even know I was being mentored. I just knew that I loved music. I knew I had the tools, but I had no idea what to do with, you know, singing and and, and getting a piano. My parents owned a piano, but I didn't know how to play it. I just kept playing it. So when I went to junior high, um, her name is Dolores Truesdale. And I'm sure I'm going to try to send her this podcast because I'm sure she would, you know, she would totally enjoy that. Um, And she was my mentor from 12, I'm sorry, from like when I was 12 years old until I was 18. So it was, she was awesome. And I learned so much. I learned how to sight read music. I learned how to play the piano. And she also taught me about 
college, I had no idea because I grew up in a household where college was important, but it wasn't the main thing because of my parents' generation. And she was instrumental in, in all that. I didn't know that there were colleges that were specific to people of color until I met her and she really mentored and fostered the relationship with us. So I think it's hugely important for us to know that mentoring is extremely important in the impact. It's very impactful. I thank you for sharing that story. That is really cool. And I love something that you said. So we're going to talk mostly today about formal mentoring, but what you were just talking about is informal mentoring. You were saying, I didn't even know at first that I was being mentored. And so for leaders, parents, community givers, you know, church leaders, whatever it is that you do, nonprofit leaders, you are impacting lives just by being in relationship with people. So those are aspects of informal leadership. And I would agree with you, Barbara, I'm not going to take the time. And, and plus your story was so amazing. I can't compare it to it, but you know, I had people in my life, both formally and informally. And, and two, like you, there were times that until even way later, looking back and I would use, you know, sayings that somebody would say or refer to something that I observed in them and realizing like, oh my goodness, that person had a tremendous impact in my life. And maybe in the moment, I didn't even realize it. So those are ways that we are informally mentoring, but I feel like I'm getting the cart ahead of the horse just a little bit. And so back to the question of what is the benefit to organizations? And so we're talking about diversity and inclusion this quarter, that has been our focus. And right now we're specifically talking about how do we set up mentorship programs within this diversity and inclusion you know, framework. And so but still keeping it within setting up mentoring. And so, you know, first of all, I think it's really important, Barbara, that we think about recruiting for diversity. We talked about this in our last podcast, gave some tips on how to do that. And recruiting is just the first step. So, and that's an important step. You know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So I'm not saying that's not important, but that is the beginning of the journey, not the ending of the journey. And so the work then moves into how do we create support? Um, in these networks of diversity and inclusion programs, and what are the benefits of these supports? So I want to look at two aspects. There are lots of aspects. Our podcast doesn't allow us time to explore all of those, but just putting it into two buckets. So one relationally, looking at both informal and informal um, mentoring opportunities. So it increases our understanding of one another, not just the mentee to the mentor, <laughs> but the, again, that reverse mentoring, the mentor to the mentee, it helps us to value the differences in each other. It helps to create deeper, more informed relationships. Um, when this happens, this enhances our empathy and, and again, our understanding of each other. Um, naturally, through these relationships, trust is enhanced. Um, we're able to share um, similar experiences and see where like, oh my goodness, we're more alike than what we even realized, even with different generational differences, different gender differences, just seeing the places that we're alike, as well as valuing the places that were different. And in doing this, it begins to break down silos and the silos that are in the organizations, but also the silos that get put up around 
places that we're from and, and you know, how we create these biases and realizing how much more human that we are. Communication becomes more effective, able to create these designated career paths where people are able to see a trajectory and a plan um, for moving forward, opening the door for innovation to be increased because we've got this diversity of mindset and thoughts, um, increasing promotion opportunities and exposure to those and increasing collaboration. In fact, in a recent study, um, in one of the articles, we read several different articles, but in one of the articles, I think it was um, how mentoring can improve diversity in organizations. In that, it referred to a recent study that said diverse companies um, cash flow 2.34 larger per person, per employee. That's significant when they are practicing diversity within their organization. We have it relationally, we have strong return on investment. Also from the business case, we have strong return on investment. When we invest in diversity and mentoring diversity programs within the workplace. So Barbara, what any thoughts that you have or anything you have to enhance what I just shared there? That was huge. I really appreciate that because it's important, and I think we talked about this in our last podcast when we were talking about uh, recruitment and the staggering statistics behind it and the importance of what those statistics do for our organizations. As we have been progressing with this, this theme, we are finding that there are more strong things that we can do to foster these types of relationships. The only thing that I would add to that is that the huge, the biggest thing that I've got out of that, as you know, I've shared my story, but like growing confidence, you know, it's, it's, it mentoring and showing attention and being intentional because you, I, I always love that phrase. You always use that phrase being intentional. It's important that we're intentional when we're mentoring. It's important that we know mentoring grows confidence. We know that it develops communication and leadership skills. And, it, and as you were saying, it also builds strong networking. It also increases promotion rates. Like when you're mentoring and you have those tools, you are setting yourself up for growth. I just cannot stress enough the importance that organizations do uh, need to do um, to foster that inclusion. And even if it's just a matter of just building confidence. One other thing I'd like to add is the positive outcome for that in the workplace is diverse representation in leadership and senior roles. I don't think that we, we talk about that enough. When we're mentoring and we're in roles of leadership, we are fostering those relationships. It also gives us a higher uh, employee satisfaction. You know, I think that when we are when we're hiring, and I think we talked about that a little bit too. When we're hiring, we're looking for talent. Once we have that talent, once we've recruited for that talent, then we have to keep those relationships going. We have to keep fostering those relationships and we have to keep on pushing the ship. So those are things that I think organizations would do good to work on is, is making sure that we're, you know, we're growing that confidence and growing those communications. And as you know, you and I've talked about before podcasts, you know, us as a company, we're here to help to foster those leadership skills and to provide the tools for companies that are building diverse um, and inclusive workforces. 
I'm excited to see what 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 that looks like in companies. And I've been doing a lot of reading about this too. And of course, we never have enough time to go over all the things, but I think this is a good start to to getting people to understand what mentorship and how important mentorship is. Absolutely. And you know, I think it's one thing just like I think most people, especially in our Western culture, would say, oh yeah, eating healthy is important. We talk a lot about that. And knowing that something is important and putting it into practice are two different things. So for us to say, yes, mentorship is important, diversity and inclusion programs that really focus on developed and sustainable mentorship, that's important. That's one thing to declare it and wave the flag of it. It's another thing to do it and to put it into practice. And so hopefully if you have been thinking about this, today's podcast is going to motivate you to take that next step. Um, you know, so first of all, with us here, looking at the benefits and Barbara, I appreciate what you just shared about confidence, because what I think about is when we think of a person's success, there's lots of components, but thinking of referring to Ken Blanchard, some of his work where he talks about three components to success are a person's capability to do the work their capacity to do the work, meaning they're not overloaded, you know, they have the capacity to do it, but third is their confidence. So a person can have all of the capability to do the work, they can have the capacity to do the work, but if they don't have the confidence, they're not gonna show up as their best self and they're not gonna show up with their best work. And so that is part of that support is helping people bring in the people who have the capability to do the job, make sure that they have the capacity to do it, but also how do we enhance their confidence? And there is such a difference between cockiness and confidence. Confidence shows up where it makes people feel secure. Yes, this person knows what they're doing and the person internally feels like, yes, I know what I'm doing. And so boy, I I wish we had had time to dive into this even more. Unfortunately, we don't right now. Maybe we will in another podcast. We'll focus on just confidence alone and how do we build confidence? So first question was, what are the benefits? Where do we go from here, Barbara? So where do we go from here is we have got to make sure we're we're growing. We're going to keep that ball rolling. What can we do to, to keep this ball rolling? Yeah. And, you know, Barbara, you and I talked before we came on at MSB Coach, we definitely don't you know, profess to be experts in diversity and inclusion. We're, we're passionate about it. We are committed to helping leaders be more open to be, whether it's a, a committee or a group that you've put together from that diagonal slice, grab, you know, get your influencers, get your people who are a part of this diverse group, but they also are really passionate and committed to how this is going to be designed and created. I think it really is important that these sort of programs, these mentoring programs are optional, meaning that it's not just assumed everybody's going to be funneled into them. And they should be optional for the mentors as well. I know several years ago, we had created a a mentorship program and a lot of the mentors that were selected really weren't that interested in being mentors and it doesn't work (laughs) that. So they were high level leaders, but the way it, when someone's not interested, it shows up in the sense that they miss meetings, they cancel meetings, they don't schedule the meetings. What, what sort of message does that send to the mentee and what does that then give them a pass to do as well? So we want to make sure that people, the mentees can opt in. Yes, they're excited. They want to be a part of this program and the mentors can opt in or opt out um, 
as well. So we want people who truly care, who are truly committed, are passionate. You can probably hear it in my voice. I feel, I feel strongly about this here. Um, and it's better to start small. You know, so start out with a small group of participants, even if you had 200 people to be a part. But if you don't, if you don't have mentors that you can pair them with, then scale it down. Start with a smaller group, make it excitable to become a part of it. I think it would almost be better to start with 10 where they had a phenomenal experience, making sure that you can measure the progress of this. What are those measurements? What are they going to be? Are we, are we determining how people are promoted? Um, within the group, how are we determining this, this growth that takes place from the mentorship relationships? Um, I've already talked a little bit about this, but having the right mentors um, and pairing people, mentor and mentee. You know, one of the things we do at MSB Coach is we do what we call best fit conversations, where coaches, um, a, a new coachee may talk to two or three different coaches to determine which one is the best fit. So that's something you could even explore in these mentorships. And the mentor should have a voice too, like, hey, I feel really connected with this individual. And yet I feel like I can only take on one, one person or only two people um, at this point, because we don't want to overload our mentors. So making sure that we also have mentors who are, are very committed to the organization, and committed to the mentors that they're mentoring um, into the process. They're not going to cancel appointments. They're going to show up. They're going to have really meaningful conversations, but they also realize that they are going to be learning from their mentee. Like we talked about that there's that reverse mentoring going on. This one right here, this, this point that I'm going to make, I think is crucial. And this was a mistake that we made several years ago with a, a mentorship development program that we were helping an organization establish. And we wanted to have mentor training. We MSB coach. The organization felt like their senior leaders already knew what to do. And unfortunately, the mentorship program failed. It was definitely a failure. And it's because it wasn't because the mentors weren't good people. They just didn't know really what to do. They didn't know how to be a good mentor. So all of the best intentions don't turn out well unless we know how to follow through with them. So that can just mean a, you know, one or two hour training that you do with the mentors to clarify, you know, what are the expectations on both sides? Why are we doing this? Helping them to understand that clearly defined purpose um, that we talked about at the beginning, at the first step of this process, talking about the importance of confidentiality from the mentor and the mentee, you know, nothing would destroy a program faster than if somebody's talking about, you know, something their mentee talked to them about or vice versa, clarifying those expectations of each people and really, really feeling committed to this. Yeah, those are some of the things that I think are really important and having a defined starting point and ending point, having defined goals in there. Um, that you are striving to accomplish. And then also those measurables. How are we going to measure the success? So right now I'm working with a program and it, has a, it is a diversity and inclusion program that encompasses both training, development, mentoring, and coaching. Um, the coaching is external, the mentoring is internal and their measurables are strong. Their measurables are how many of these people are we promoting and when. <laughs> and that's the measurables that they, the clear cut that they have put in place. And that is how they're determining um, success. Now, there's some other softer skill measurements that they've put in place too, but those are, they're really hard measurements. So those, again, are just a few suggestions. Barb, as we talk about a lot of times, we could dive so deep into each of these, but hopefully this has triggered 
um, some thoughts and some energy. If you want to explore this further with us, um, you know, in partnerships of how to make mentorship programs work in your organization, uh, mentorships that are standalones or that work in tandem with leadership development, training, and coaching, um, all those different options are a possibility. But I will say very strongly in my belief systems here, don't start it unless you're going to finish it because that creates cynicism within people, um, a flavor of the month type of thing um, that just does not bode well for leadership or for organizations. You no, know, these are things I'm like jotting down because, it, you know, not only does it work for our organizations, it also works in our personal relationships as Absolutely. well. And I, I can't, and I thank you so much for stressing the importance and where the, the jump off is because those that's a strong jump off. Everything that you just mentioned are strong things and strong tools that we jump off with and you can just, Again, like I've said it a thousand times, you know, throughout our podcast, get the ball rolling. Let's let's do this, you know, and you have to keep the momentum going with these types of programs, because if you don't, they fail. And then when that fails, you have failed your organization. That is just my personal opinion. But I just feel like you have to be present. You have to be intentional. There are so many organizations that, as you said, you know, you have the flavor of the month and then you start and then you know, six months later, you've, you've stopped this and you still have the same issues that you started with. So I really appreciate you for uh, for getting us started with this um, as we continue with this theme. All right, Barbara, thank you. Yeah, just, and you triggered something in my mind as you were talking, Barbara, and there's a saying that says, finishing is better than starting. And I value, appreciate the energy that it takes to get something started. And I also value the endurance and the tenacity of seeing something through. So start with baby steps. If you feel like you're not sure the sustainability of a nine-month program or a one-year program, start with a three-month program. Now, three months is hard to measure, you know, the success because that happens so quickly. But it's better to start smaller where you start and finish and then come back and reevaluate. I think that's one of the things that's really important, whether you've had these diversity and inclusion mentorship programs within your organization for a long time, or you're just considering getting started. And that is to be flexible, to come back, to constantly reevaluate, to pull back in the audience um, of the mentees and the mentors, what worked, what didn't work. What do we need to change? Um, and you can even be flexible in the midst of the program, you know, to have continued ongoing meetings of, of checking in, um, but just making sure that we are leading from, from the top, that the whole entire organization is committed to this, that it's not just this siloed group, um, you know, out of HR or out of some other department that says, oh yeah, we're going to have a mentorship program. No, it needs to be a consistent vision that runs throughout the organization. But anyway, it's been wonderful talking with you, Barbara, as always. Again, thanks for sharing your story and your insight. Um, and hopefully we'll hear from some of you. Um, share your stories with us, um, your success stories, even your failure stories, because we learn from that as well. Um, fail forward, right? All right, everybody have a great day. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. And I will have some information about MSB Coach at the end of this podcast. And if you missed our last episode, please check it out. It was on recruitment and racial diversity and what that looks like. So we had some good tips when we started for our theme for the quarter. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. So enjoy and we will talk soon.
Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear your feedback and your takeaways. If you would like more information on this episode, you can email us at podcast at msbcoach.com or connect with us on social media at msbcoach. We hope you have learned something to help center yourself both personally and professionally. And please share this podcast with anyone who is looking to find more balance.